faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture, a reading from John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask God, and God will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither knows the spirit nor knows excuse me, neither sees the Spirit nor knows the spirits, But you know the Spirit, because the Spirit abides in you, and the Spirit will be in you. This is God's word for God's people. Thanks be to God.
Amen. Amen. What a great Sunday, huh? Third holiest day of the year. We want to thank Rachel for making sure that we understood that right from the beginning. Based on the Jewish festival of the weeks, you all know what that is, don't you? Yep, yep, yep's the answer. It marks the beginning of the celebration of the first fruits, the offering of the first fruits, and, and we as a, as a movement coming out of Judaism realize that in the sharing of the spirit and the, and the birthing of people on fire for, for Christ, that that was something like the, the festival. And we saw in that a, a center point for ourselves calling that the, the birth of the church. It's all about the indwelling of the Spirit and the overflowing of the Spirit. And today we have five confirmands that to one extent or another are an example of that, of God's indwelling and God's overflowing each with their own personality and their set of gifts and graces and talents uh, becoming something distinctive in the family of God because of who God has made them to be. One of the great things about being a pastor is you get to do these sermons and then greet people afterwards and you'll have people come up to you to say, you know, I really felt like you were talking to me today. And I appreciate that, and I'm thankful for that, and, and generally, I'm just kind of speaking to everybody. But somehow, for particular reasons, when Rachel and I assume the pulpit and have the mantle of, of the Spirit upon us to share our sense of God's Word, that Word is communicated in a way that touches people and their need or or in their hopes. But I want you to know that today, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm also talking to you. Yeah, but I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. So listen up. Listen up. The Acts passage that we use this morning for the call to worship provides us a picture of Pentecost. Um, we celebrated Ascension last week, and that gives way then to the descent of the Spirit. It's almost like a tag team wrestling match, one guy out and another guy in the ring. It's really a transition, if we think more theologically about it, a transition from an emphasis on justifying grace to an emphasis on sanctifying grace. If you're uncertain about what I mean by that, you can ask the confirmands during the reception. <laughs> right? <laughs> what I like so much about Pentecost is that it strives to help us grow in our understanding of God's nature and God's work with us. 
and our relationship in return to God. In the Christ event, Jesus is showing us the extent of God's love for us and assuring us that God understands our human condition and seeks through that love to redeem us from it. In essence, Jesus is our mediator towards God. He, he is our bridge. Jesus is working that seam, that crease between the two natures. Jesus is our balm. Jesus is our redeemer. With the Holy Spirit's descent at Pentecost and thereafter in an ongoing way, we are taught that God's presence with us is intimately inside of us. From generation to generation, century to century. Those first disciples were given the assurance that Jesus had not abandoned them through his ascension, assured that even more closely would Jesus be connected to them, would be as close as the air that we breathe around us and within us. God's presence abides with us through the Holy Spirit. It is an ongoing gift to us that we celebrate 20 centuries ago and we celebrate this day and we claim the truth of for each one of us. We claim the truth of for you five. Our gospel reading speaks directly to the impact of the Holy Spirit on our lives. Jesus is talking about how God will send the Holy Spirit, that we can see that Holy Spirit as advocate, as, as spirit of truth, as counselor, as comforter, these are different ways by which to make sense of that spirit in our life. And at different times of our life, we may want to use those different words or other words to, to claim the impact and the presence of the spirit in our lives. The key thing is that the spirit is our particular personal helper in life. Perhaps the first way we notice the Holy Spirit in our life is kind of as a uh, parental nudging conscience. Yet as we grow and pray and, and mature in our relationship with God, we discover the Holy Spirit prompting our thoughts and our insights, motivating and inspiring us, strengthening and emboldening us. And this goes on throughout a lifetime. 
I want you confirmands to realize that the spirit walks with you in a particular way now, and it will go on for you throughout your lifetime. You can count on that. Count on that. It's important that you recognize this relationship you have with God through the Holy Spirit and that you attend to it, that you listen and you go forward by the lead of that Spirit, that you seek to nurture that relationship and keep it a live flame in your life. Don't let it go stale. Don't let it go fallow. Don't disregard the Spirit's place in your life. Prize that relationship. In our best of moments, we all aspire to do that because we all know that we need the leading of the Spirit in our lives. There are two clear ways in, in my thinking before I go on forever this morning about how the Holy Spirit kind of works in our lives. And, and I want to share that because I think it's important that we get specific. Now, I know Evelyn and Jack have done a lot of theater. There's a, a number of us in the congregation who know what prompters in the wings are like you get out on stage and you think you have all the lines and you know what to say and then all of a sudden because of anxiety or whatever, it just kind of goes blank. You're uncertain of what to say, you're uncertain of what to do. Perhaps fear has gotten the better of you or, or something and that prompter in the wings gives you a word, gives you a cue, gives you a nudge and you and you remember, yeah, you remember what it is that, that you are to say. The Holy Spirit is like that, except that we are not acting. We are doing real life. We are living and unfolding our real lives. We come to a situation that we don't quite understand or are uncertain about how to proceed. And if we take a moment to prayerfully listen and consider, we can sense God's prompting, leading us or inspiring us, helping us to discern what we are up against and how we are to move forward. This is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Be open to this. Don't steal that candy bar. <laughs> well, maybe that's the Holy Spirit prompting you. Go back and apologize for what you just said. Have the courage to speak the truth. Have faith and stay the course. All will.
be well. A second clear way we experience the Spirit in our lives is that we sense an empowerment to do what is right and to avoid what is wrong. One of the great classical prayers of the church uses the words of sin of commission and sins of omission. When we sin by what we say and what we do, that is a sin by commission. We're committing that sin by our action, by what we say. Sins of omission can be equally as damaging and harmful to ourselves and for others, and, and that is when we don't do something and we don't say something that we should. And we all have known in our lifetimes and in the history of our spiritual movement that from leaders down to regular folk, our societies, our church has had its challenges because of sins of commission and sins of omission. When you beat up on somebody and you lie, well, that's a sin of commission. <clears throat> when you choose not to lend a helping hand or you don't stand up as somebody else is slandering someone else, well, that's a sin of omission. Life can be tough with its choices, and the truth of it is we can be weak in our responses to those choices. The Holy Spirit is there for us as a power, as a power for the right, to choose the right and to do the right. God is available to help us speak and do as we should when we pray and we listen and we follow that Spirit's lead. That is a power that is there for you, that is there for all of us, of which we should avail ourselves. You can do it. You can speak up for what is right. You can step up and do what is right. The Spirit will be there to help you. Ask for and receive the power and the courage of the Spirit. It is there for your beckoning, for your use. Amen? Amen. Holy God, walk with each of us through your Spirit. We count on you to help us be the persons we are supposed to be. Prompt us. Empower us. 
Let your Holy Spirit live through us. Help us to pay attention, listen and discern, choose and follow. We offer ourselves again to the working of your spirit along with these confirmands that we may be of consequence to your love in this world. Amen.